Hey, this is producer Jess for the HopeCast with Rachel Flick. Today, we are going to re-air a classic interview that Rachel conducted with baseball legend Daryl Strawberry. This show originally aired back in November of 2021, but it had such a great response that we thought we would air it once again. So let's get to it now. Here is part two of Rachel and Daryl's interview titled, Daryl Strawberry, Making Greatness, the origin of one of baseball's greatest athletes. Hello and welcome to the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. Rachel is a speaker, inspirational author, and an overcomer. As Rachel is walking through her own journey of grief, she's challenging others to persevere and overcome their own circumstances. Find out more at rachelflick.com. Here now is your host, Rachel Flick. Hey friends, I love that I get to bring you back around to part two of my interview with Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry is one of the greatest athletes in American baseball, playing for Major League Baseball for over 17 seasons, winning a World Series championship in 86 with the Mets, and helping lead the New York Yankees to three World Series championships in 96, 98, and 99. His career was also concurrent with many substitutions dealing with drugs and his use of prostitution. In my previous episode, I talked to Daryl a lot about his origin story and how his relationship with his mom was an anchor that allowed him to become the athlete that we know him to be. And in this coming episode, we're going to talk about how that transformational relationship, both with his wife and his mom, led him to take the hand of Christ to become the speaker, author, and pastor that he is today. As we pick up the interview, I asked Daryl what it looks like for single moms like me to raise children knowing they don't have a father who can yet still excel in life. Join me now for my interview in progress with Daryl Strawberry. What would you say to single moms like me who, you know, know that their children don't have a father and to encourage them to stay faithful like your mom was? Because it sounds like that was a really huge factor in your future success and your heart yes it was you know and, and the thing about it she lived it with joy you know and she lived it with joy of raising five kids and and what would I say is for a mother like that the thing that I loved about my mother was is she didn't complain mm-hmm. she didn't complain say oh I'm stuck with these kids she was like oh these are my kids mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. I think a society back then mothers were different than what we are today mm-hmm. and they don't see their kids as everything. Our mother saw us as everything. Yeah. And she she made her whole little circle and her life built around us. Yeah. You know, and I and, and that's what my life is today. My life is built around my kids, you know. Of course I love my wife and we have a great marriage and but my kids my life is built around because I saw my mother build her life around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the male figure was out of the house, so she became everything to us and kids will be able to respond in such a way when they know that that's real and that's real in the house and they don't ever have to worry about 
um, competing against each other. We never have to. We never had to worry about that. The competition. There was mm-hmm. no competition of being, you know, who who she likes the most. I mean, she loved us all the same. And yeah. And that's the that's the thing I think is missing in a lot of mothers today. You know, with no males in the house, they think, well, how can I go on? You know, well, the strength. Her strength came from uh, um, her ability to love God mm-hmm. and and to and to really have the right perspective of what's important. You know, what, what, what's, what's really important? Is it all this out here or is it this inner circle here mm-hmm. of nourishing my kids, you know, and, and making sure that they get everything that they need? Because my mother was preparing us for what was going to happen. Mm. You know, she knew the challenges were going to be out there and that we yeah. were going to have to face them. And the trials and the tribulations was going to come. And to be able to get over and get through the trials and tribulations, you had to be able to have some kind of witness in, in, in your life. And that yeah. was mom. You know, that was our strength because she went through everything and she did not complain and she kept getting up and she kept going and she kept taking care of us. Tremendous perseverance. Yes. I'm. This is just really encouraging to me because I interviewed Dr. Tim Clinton and he, he just wrote a book about the father's heart, you know. And I love that book. And it also was like a little bit of a knife, right? Where I'm just like, I, I can't help it. You know, that I'm a single mom in my home. And um, I just hear how powerful your mom's influence was in establishing you and giving you um, an example to live to, to, you know, teaching and showing you through her own life what integrity looked like. And I just, that really warms my heart. Well, I'm glad it does, you know, because it can be done, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we have to get back to that in our society. Um, people have to hear stories like this to understand and know that they can do it. Mm-hmm. You, you can raise them kids, you know, those kids. Uh, God gave them to you, you know, and what I think I love the most about my mother and what a woman knows about her kids, she carried them for nine months. Mm-hmm. So she knows everything about each one of them. Yeah. They're attached to her. Mm-hmm. And kids are usually just want to want that attention. Right. You know, to know that I'm safe. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom really does care. We don't have a father. And she really does care. She does do everything. She does everything that she can possibly do, but not everything, you know. But mm-hmm. And we knew that. But at the same time, we knew that she was attached to us mm-hmm. you know and and the attachment i think goes far deeper than just being oh i'm mom mm-hmm. you know it's like i carried you for nine months so i know what you feel like i know what you're like i'm sure that mama bear would have died for you <laughs> right like way more than just these are my kids like throw herself in front of a bus for yeah, you if she, she needed to i mean she would have done everything she, she did everything uh, that she possibly can do I love, I just love hearing that about your mom. She sounds like an incredible woman. So the part of your story that comes next is pretty well publicized, right? With the fame and the drugs and the addictions and your attempts to go to AA and and just, you know, get clean and all of that stuff. And you came to a point where that wasn't working. What was your bottom? Like what made you cry out to God? Well, I think, I mean, I tried everything. I tried, I've been in treatment five times and went to the rooms, NAAA, and it was just like more of a circus for me, you know, because I was mm-hmm. like a famous person. You couldn't just go. I couldn't just go to a room and, and, and sit there and, and people were real. like, 
want to have conversations with me afterwards and ask me questions. What are you doing here? I goes, what are you doing? Here? <laughs> like I'm here for recovery. Yeah, exactly. We got <laughs> problems. That's why we're here. <laughs> so I, I just kind of, kind of tired of that. And, and I just went to a place where I needed to know that I needed to search for something greater than just being in the rooms, you know, because it was just like a meeting place and it was, still women there and it, we're very we're all sick you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people want to hook up and you know you're never going to get well you know right. i needed to get well right i, I needed to get well on the inside not yeah. what i was looking like on the outside was and it was it a hole was it an ache was it like too much pain i just can't do this anymore like what pushed you to be willing to ask for help well i think it was because of my wife tracy god used her to lead me back you mm-hmm. know she was i was using drugs and shooting dope and down in South Florida, and she was banging on doors, pulling me out of dope houses, and and saying, "God's got a plan for your life." And mm. I says, "Want you in there, God? Just leave me here and let me die." And she was like, "You're just not that lucky." So, <laughs> <laughs> can imagine this conversation. <laughs> so, so I thought she was crazier than me. I was like, "Wow, she is crazier than me, God." You know, and you. But what I realized through that that God always does the same thing. He always used people to help people. Mm. And that's what he did. He used her to help me and other people to help me to lead me back, you know, to him. And it was a process. It wasn't overnight. You know, people think well, it was overnight. You you become this different person overnight. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a process. You got all this baggage and all this junk in your trunk that he has to clean up step by step. And you got to go through the process. It's a journey. Right. You know, and people say, well, how did you get to a place of, Learning who God was. Well, I had to sit for seven years. Seven. To, to be discipled. Wow. God set me for seven years. People don't want to do that. You know, when, they, when I tell them that was my process <laughs> of sitting for seven years and just being in church and being in the back of the church and, and learning how to listen and learning how to take notes, learning how to, you know, have a pen and a pad and, and, and following the pastors when he's teaching on a Bible study Wednesday night. See, my wife was like, she was just growing mm. and I was wondering why she was always growing and it's because she was in the relationship with God mm-hmm. you know she had her pad she had her pen and she would take the notes and she would go home and study the notes for what she learned in church so the discipleship part of what she had I wanted mm-hmm. so I was so jealous you know that that she was like so far and so advanced and knew so much about the Bible and I didn't, just didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, why are you always speaking to her? And he said, because she spends time with me. Yeah. You know, and I realized from there that mm-hmm. I had to spend time if I really yeah. wanted to, you know, become what God wanted me to become. Because if you don't spend time with him, then he can't give you the revelation of who you are. Right. See, because we all unique, he's made us all unique for a purpose and a plan and a reason uh, for all our lives, mm. but if we don't participate in it, right. he can't reveal it to us. So I wasn't getting there because I wasn't participating. And when I started participating, now all of a sudden I started locking myself in the room. I started throwing that phone in the other room, mm. turning off the television, and I started saturating myself in the Word of God. I didn't wow. know it. I just started reading it, and I just kept reading it, and I kept reading I would go over it and go over it and more and more, and just all of a sudden, you know, he starts to reveal himself to you because now you are into an intimate relationship with him. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love the honesty of that. And just like you 
put in the effort and energy to be an athlete, you put the effort and energy into your relationship with Jesus. You have to. And so many people don't. They, I see them all the time. They want the victory, but they don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. See, God's going to do his part. He's always waiting on us. Are we going to do our part? Are we going to be very serious about our part that he's called us to do? Because we have to, we have to get to a place where we're alone with God. It's just us and God. Because God will speak to you when you are alone with him and now you have a relationship with him and now you know him. Mm. But I think a lot of times people say, well, I don't hear God speak to me because you're not listening. You're too busy. You're too busy thinking about so many other things instead of just listening to what he says. Because when he speaks, you're hearing. Mm. And he'll start showing you and he'll start directing you and he'll tell you don't do this and he'll tell you don't act like this and don't talk like this and be be nicer to people and, and don't talk about where well, you hate people and you're talking about you love God but you hate people and you know people you, you can't do those things yeah. you know all those things has to be cleaned up inside of you yeah. uh, before God even puts you in a place to use you because God, one thing I do know about God is that he knows that if you are not completely healed on the inside he knows that the enemy is going to deceive you yeah those are chinks in your armor. Yeah, he, he knows that he's going to deceive you because he, he knows how clever the en- enemy is. And that's why so many people find themselves getting in pulpits and stuff like that. And they still have these issues and they know uh, they haven't overcome some things because they hadn't dealt with them. Mm-hmm. And, and the enemy comes in and, and he maneuvers in and he deceives them and he makes them fall. Yeah, you're preaching right now. <laughs> No, I'm just talking. No, I love it. I'm like, has this given you a passion to just speak for the Lord? Yes, he really has. He's given me a great passion to speak um, life because I already lived in the pit. Mm. So I already know it's, the pit is real. I already know that, you know, having a bunch of stuff is not not the answer. Because mm-hmm. everybody think, well, maybe if I just had a little bit more of this. And then I realized that... Th- when I had all that, it, it was never no happiness. Mm. You know, the happy person that I have become now is because of the time that I spend with the Lord and and understand, you know, who's in control and understand that I don't have to be in control because he he doesn't want us to think we're in control and Mm -hmm. we sound good and we sound this. No, I can't do this. You do it through me, Lord. And when you rely on him like that, he does it through you supernaturally because he knows that you feel like you uh, not qualified to do it, and he's 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 the one that qualify you to do it. And I think so many people um, get themselves in a situation, and they believe it's them, and they be deceived by the enemy, and he tricks them mm-hmm. into making them believe it's you instead of the Lord. Yeah. So you have literally had everything that the world says that they can offer: wealth, fame, relationships, you know, all the things, and that didn't fill you up. And now you have. Um, true peace like what does true peace and contentment come from in your life now it comes from the Bible it doesn't come from any earthly things mm. it comes from knowing the word of God um, I think Billy Graham says it so well most Christians not having victory because they don't know scriptures you know they know everything else and they sk- skim across the script- scriptures and don't mm. know the full depth of them yeah. you know, and they don't meditate on them and they don't eat the word of God, you know, they yeah. eat everything else. They eat all of the the social media stuff. They eat all the news. They eat all what doctors are talking about, and and, and they forgot who's the real doctor, Jesus. Yeah, you know, he's he's the greatest doctor I ever met. You know, greatest lawyer I ever met. You know, greatest 
whatever you want to call him in your life. But you you have to be able to get to that place inside of yourself with him through the word of God because it's in the book. It's not anywhere else. We can look for it in all these other places, like I said before, and so many people. I look for it in all these other places. I look for it in my fame, my money, and all that, and the trophies. And at the end of the day, it all means nothing. Didn't fill you up. It's, it's not going to give you what the Word of God is going to give you. The Word of God is going to give you life. Mm. You know, It's going to give yeah. you freedom. It's going to give you peace. It's going to give you joy. It's going to give you wisdom. It's going to give you knowledge. It's going to give you so much far greater than any other thing. That is so good. So in your time with the Lord, what's he teaching you right now? He's teaching me that this nation is broken. Mm. He's teaching me that the problem most people are looking at what's wrong is lawlessness brings about brokenness mm-hmm. and it's a sinful falling nature um, society that we live in. Yep. It's broken. You know, people don't understand that sin is what keeps us separated from God. Sin was what kept me separated from God. Yeah. You know, my sinful thoughts, my sinful ways, my sinful actions kept me completely separated from God. You know, today God is saying to this nation, repent. Mm-hmm. He's telling the nation of people to repent because because they're, they're telling our kids you can be anything in in kindergarten now and I mean or whatever they're trying to tell them trying <laughs> to teach them and, and so many times you can be anything in books and this and that yeah. you know that that is of the enemy that is mm-hmm. of the wickedness you know when you're going down to try to reach the younger generation now you're trying to destroy them from even having a from relationship with God and knowing yep. God and when the you know when the politicians have taken God out of school they have caused nothing but chaotic uh, wickedness and evilness since they removed God from the schools. Right. That's so good. That is so, so good. Yeah, we're we're in trouble, so it's time for the people of God to rise up. Well, they have to. You have to be bold. Billy Graham said you have to be go- bold about the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of us want to be uh, make people feel good. This is not about feeling good anymore. No. You know, the devil's 24-7. Look, at you, we got kids killing kids. We got kids killing parents. We got kids overdosing. We got epidemic in the nation. We got so many. You could be this. You can be that. We got all this craziness that he put on television in front of people and saying, you don't have to be, if you don't want to be a boy, you don't have to be a boy. You don't want to be a girl. You don't have to be a girl. You know, we have gone into a place where we are in major trouble. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand it because it, it, it's spiritual. It, it's, it's not natural. You know, it's a spiritual thing uh, that has come up. It's a demonic spirit where the enemy has come up upon the nation and hovered over the nation to deceive and destroy the people so they won't follow God's principles. Yeah, I love that. Sounds like you're having a powerful time in your prayer closet right now. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Daryl, tell me about Once Upon a Time. Well, that's a 30 for 30. Um, it's, a, it's a film that they put together for the Mets of the 80s, um, our starting of our run in New York City and why we were so loved by the fans there um, because we just had the heart, you know, the heart of playing to be champs, you know, and not take it for granted. You know, we, we, we came close a couple times, like 84 and 85, and we lost. Then we came back in 86, and we came to spring training, and we just knew from that year we was going to win it all. Mm. But And we did. We went out and played like that. and and But not only that, but it was a it was a team that brought a city uh, so close together, you hmm. know, back in Queens, you know, because they didn't have yeah. any type of winning spirit over there for so many years. And here it was, this 
organization had put together this team with young players and some veteran players, and all of a sudden uh, they embrace who they are and you know where we were a little cocky yeah we were cocky but that, that's that's sports you got to be cocky <laughs> yeah. to win and Confident. we were we, we realized that uh this was our time to shine and and this 30 for 30 film is just like really incredible they had part one and two last night and part three and four tonight so i'm really excited to see the uh last that's two parts of it because one and two is like really powerful it, it, it dives into everything it dives into the dysfunction the brokenness the 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 women the drugs you know the whole lifestyle of you know playing sports and what happens and still how can you be successful how can you play like that how can you go out all night and party and drink and 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 chase girls and come to the ballpark the next day and play like it was nothing you know because that's what it was for me and and a lot of those players on that team so we had had a lot of characters too and had a lot Mm -hmm. of personalities and I'll bet we had all that (laughs) and above and then we had one player that was you know really solid you know um, Gary Carter, he was a strong Christian, a man of faith, and he mm-hmm. just had this great joy about him. And he just, I mean, you could just see it on him. And just like, man, I want that. You know, why is he so happy? And he was already rich and famous, but he has such a happiness about him. And it was about his family, and it was about God. And he was just a baseball player. And we all wanted that, but we just didn't have the guts to go get that. That's so awesome. That sounds like an incredible story. Where can people find that? It's going to be on ESPN. Okay. Yeah, it's 30 for 30. It should be on tonight at uh, starting probably at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Okay, and this is September 15th, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. So, September 15th, yeah. <laughs> but they rerunning it too. So I, okay. I, so it's, it's kind of, I, I caught the first part of it last night when I got in after I was speaking and, and I saw it. They had it, they kind of ran it twice, you know, but it was late. Yeah. So a lot of people probably get a chance to I'm really dive to in that. and see, see, see it and see what, um, see what, my life was really like you know I sit here as a different person today but Uh, that life back then was really crazy you really are and your heart shows through and you're so passionate you have a beautiful smile like that's just Jesus on you well thank you I appreciate that Rachel absolutely absolutely thank you so much for coming on the Hopecast well thanks for having me I appreciate you it has been an honor bless you Yes, thank you so much. You too. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Hopecast. You can like, rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and I will connect with you next week. You've been listening to the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. To find out more, go to rachelflick.com. While you are there, you can book Rachel for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. Go to rachelflick.com to book her today. While you're online, you can discover more information about all of the platforms that this podcast is on. If you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. To follow Rachel on social media, simply click on the social media icons at the top of the page and you will be directed to those sites. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next time for another edition of the Hopecast with Rachel Flick.